Hi friends, welcome along. This is the Influence Podcast. If you're looking to inspire more people, have a positive impact on a global scale, build an influential and magnetic brand, and build a profitable business with your unique gifts and talents, then the Influence Podcast is for you. I'm your host, Jake Adam-Davey, former high school French and Spanish teacher, turned international speaker, online business coach, and Instagram growth and monetization enthusiast. You can find tools, resources, and so much more on the website, jakeadamdavey.com. And you can also say hello on Instagram, at jakeadamdavey. Please also, if you're enjoying the podcast, do feel free to leave a review. The more stars, the better, of course. But equally, if you're not enjoying it, you are still invited to leave a review. The one thing I would also ask is, of course, sharing is caring. So if you've listened to something or heard something in the podcast that you think you've enjoyed or would be useful and beneficial to other people, then please do hit that share button and pass it on to somebody that you know. I'd be so very, very grateful and so thankful if you did. Now let's dive in with today's episode on the Influence Podcast. Okay, hello, welcome along. This is episode 110. Yes, 110 of the Influence Podcast. And I'm excited about this one. Um, we uh, Well, let me introduce first of all. So uh, today's guest, yes, we have a guest on the podcast. Uh, today's guest is Ami Coriconi. Uh, she's the founder of Activity Girl. Uh, she helps entrepreneurs, leaders, and organizations through leadership, coaching, and consulting. Ami is the host of the Mental Health Podcast, One Broken Mom, and the author of The Fearless Women's Guide to Starting a Business, What Every Woman Needs to Know to Be a Courageous, Authentic, and Unstoppable Entrepreneur. What an awesome title for a book. Um, and this is really exciting because Ami and I actually connected four days ago. I think it is five days ago. So this is this is brand new for well, both of us, but for everybody as well. And we, we literally had a call um, and I was just so immediately like just kind of taken in by Ami and her story and what she does and her like, just incredible drive, as, uh, as, as, as you will hear uh, as we go through the show. I just thought, what a great fit for the show. Um, and so I'm excited to say, Ami, welcome to the Influence Podcast. Oh, awesome. Thank you so much, Jake. I appreciate being here. <laughs> Absolute pleasure. And uh, as I say, I, I pre- appreciate the quick turnaround having just met. Uh, that you are uh, open to coming on the show as well. Um, we always start in some strange places on this show, and I give uh, guests the opportunity to, to decide where we should start. Um, and you picked a great question, uh, which again, just highlights why I was delighted to have you on. Uh, and the question is that I'd like to ask to start us off is, what are the things now, having been in business for, for, for so long and having so much experience, but what are the things that you still struggle with? Yeah. And I, I, my reason for giving the opportunity to get a little creative here and the reason why I went there is, well, for a number of reasons that you can have tons of experience and, and business can still be a struggle, right? There's never a mastery of it where everything is easy every day and you've made it like that sounds awesome, but that never really happens. Um, and then the other thing that can happen that I, that I feel like is that, um, sometimes when you have a lot of experience, my biggest struggle is, what part of it do I actually focus on? And, um, and so there's always this constant of like, I don't want to ignore everything I've done over 20 some years of business and, and not treat all of it and, and do something with all of it. But yet at the same time, we also know in business, it's really important to get focused on one thing because it's the jack of all trades, master of none mentality. So I feel like a balloon that's constantly inflating and deflating. Like I want to do all the things when I can't do all the things I need to do all the things. And I come back and forth and it can really kind of wreck your strategy and, you know, and getting things done sometimes. And so, cause you've got like 20 different to-do lists. And so that's, that's a real thing. And like I said, the longer you're in business, and the more you're searching, um, yeah, that focus can get super hard some days. So that's my that's my biggest struggle. It's still the biggest struggle. So uh, let me ask then: what, where, how do you remedy that? How do you? What are the kind of the indicators or the warning signs, if you like, that that show that you're that you're in that state or that you're in that situation? And then, what kind of steps do you implement to to kind of start to remedy that and to be able to work through that? Yeah. Well, you know, one of the biggest signals is when I tell my story to somebody and their first response is, is, wow, you've got a lot going on. That usually tells me I'm stretching out there because if my whole breadth of my experience and my job 
looks overwhelming to somebody, it means that I haven't, like, they don't even know where to begin, right? So that's my first external signal. And I've actually been taking that cue over the last few months as I've um, been sitting here trying to figure out how to bring my mental health into my entrepreneurship. And then I got this book. And then this other facet of my life is I spent nearly 10 years in a very niche industry. And I still get people wanting me to help them through that. And I'm like, okay, so that's big cue there, that if, if it's hard for me to explain what I do to everybody, then maybe I've got myself spread out too thin. And then when I do that and I start to feel like, well, then where do I go? What am I going to you know, narrow in and focus on? I have to tell myself I'm not actually ignoring everything else. I'm just putting my attention on one area so that I can do that well because it all matters. And so there's this negotiation that happens in that you're not giving up, you're not, you know, failing. That's another like word of shame that if like, well, if I if I don't follow through here, that means I've failed, right? Well, no, that's not actually what's going on here. You'll fail at everything if you don't give every, you know, get any of it your focus that you need. Um, and then I start to then block out time and I create myself some manageable lists. Like, okay, if I'm going to focus in on this other thing, then what's the outcome that I want and what's the work that I need to do and how am I going to get there? And then be okay with when the feelings of, oops, but you're, you're not worrying about that and you have to think about that and all that. You just put it away and, you know, give yourself a, a break, <laughs> you know, to do that. And it's a constant reminder, yeah. you know, for me to, to do that kind of stuff. Yeah. I, I, as I anticipate, it is for a lot of people. Um, but certainly having that that first level of awareness, as you described it, um, and I love when you say relating it to other people as well. When you explain to others, and, you're, and they're like, "Oh, hang on, what what, what do you do?" Um, I think that that makes perfect perfect sense. So let's, I mean, let's go, let's go there next, if we if we may, then and 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 again from the conversation we had last week which was clear that there is there's a lot of different ways that you help people and a lot of different things that, that are going on if you pinpointed it right now in you know we're coming into september 2021 what is it that you really do what is it that you do right now and and, and how exactly do you help that audience yeah the red thread through everything is um people have ideas they want to be their own business owner, self-employed, you know, whether it's a solo practice or a small company, and they're stuck on the combination of their relationship to their people and to their strategy. And I know that kind of sounds businessy and techny, but, you know, I've had people coming to me for years that, you know, have wanted to know, like, how do I organize my thoughts in my business? How do I, you know, take these next steps? How do I grow, you know, even just a little bit? And I've worked with a lot of brick and mortar businesses and it's always a combination of, um, you need somebody that actually is a puzzle solver. That's what I am. I'm a puzzle solver with my broad experience across the board. I've seen puzzles from lots of different directions and I've brought in lots of different ways of solving challenges. And I, um, I'm really good at breaking outside of the rules, you know, that most people feel like they're stuck in that they have to replicate. And so regardless of the industry and regardless of the scale and scope, it's usually you need somebody with um, the perspective to give you some action items to do and to give you new insights. And then also I'm 100% a cheerleader. Um, so it is, if you're not getting it, I'll, you know, I'm here to cheer you on. I'm also here to kind of nudge you and guide you. And because that's also sometimes what we need, we just need support from somebody that understands the challenges that we're going through, you know, in our business. And so- um, that has been the constant, you know, even when I ran my own manufacturing company, I was always speaking at conferences, helping other recycled building material companies understand how to price and how to talk to their customers and, um, you know, how to build, you know, businesses and, and, and also mentoring. I mean, so that's, that's never changed. It's just that, you know, the business that comes to me may be a business I've worked in or maybe a business I've never worked in, but they just need somebody that can help them kind of figure out like, what do I do next? What do I do tomorrow? You know, how do I get from here? here to, you know, to there. Um, and so, yeah, that's, that's, that's still the thing. And I find leadership, you know, you said leadership in the um, thing and it's because whether we have a business of one or we have a business of a few hundred, we still are leaders and should be leaders because like this whole show is about, it's about influence, right? So we either need to influence customers and appear to be a leader to them, or we are a leader to the people in our, our company. And that ultimately ends up being one of the greatest skills that we can learn that makes us most effective in our business and in our communities. I fully, fully agree with that. Um, absolutely. Yeah. I'm delighted that you touched on that. Um, and again, irrespective of the size of the company, uh, we've, it, it, my own personal experience, the, we've, we've almost doubled uh, the size in the last six weeks. Uh, the company, which is which is quite incredible, uh, maybe a little bit too quick. I'm not sure. We'll find <laughs> out. 
Um, but it's I, I increasingly as you bring more people on, and obviously you'll know this yourself and and people listening. But as you bring people on, you realise your role um, is increasingly important as a leader, not just for your community and your audience and your clients, but for your team um, to set the standards and expectations that that you that you hope that they would adhere to and and to be able to deliver you know the service that you're looking to deliver. Um, what is it? So aside from, uh, and thank you for sharing for sharing more there. What is it that brings you the most joy in what you do? What is it that the the time of the week, or when you reflect back on the day, or reflect back on the week, and you think, oh, that was that was the real highlight of this week, or that was the real highlight of today? What are the moments at the um, right now that bring you the most joy? Do you think? Oh man, um, I everything that I do is intended to change a person's life. And so when I get an email or a comment from somebody that is reaching out to let me know, you know, how profound something that they've learned from me, either through my books or my podcast, um, or working with me has really like just you know, been a breakthrough for them in some capacity. I mean, that's it. That's, that's the winner right there. Like that's the gold medal. That's the blue star, the blue ribbon, you know, whatever it is. Um, because that's truly what I want. I want results for other people. And, um, and so, you know, I, I get, like I said, with my book, I'll get these emails and then I get excited. You know, sometimes when people email me about my book, I'll like jump on a call with them. Like I'll give them a chance to, you know, I want to hear more. Tell me about it. Let's talk about this. Like, you know, what else can I do, you know, to help you out with all of that? Um, But that's it. Like my feedback loop is definitely um, being able to be of service, you know, and I do it through the business industry and, um, and to be able to really do at least one thing for somebody that actually makes a huge difference in their life. Because I believe in the ripple effect, right? If you can do that for one person and then they're able to take their passion, their energy, their gift and keep pushing it all out there, then it all links up and adds up together. So. Oh, yeah, I, I, I love that. I love that. Uh, the, the, yeah, the ripple effect totally makes sense. Um, and I, I think that that's, I just think it's very, very powerful. Um, you, you talked about this idea of people, you know, messaging you from the book and you pick up the phone and have a conversation with them. Um, how do you, how, how, how do you, are you in a position where you can create that kind of time in the day? Because of course, you know, being, you know, being successful, having the business, running the business, multiple businesses and, uh, and, uh, and having done the things that you've done with the show and the, the, the books and such. How are you then, or how do you also create the time of the day where you can get in there and have those individual conversations with people? Because that's no doubt hugely valuable. <laughs> yeah, it is. And um, and so part of it is I always have to, like, and I'm actually taking a deep breath because it's about patience <laughs> and control, right? There's actually this mental patience and control that we have. Like, it's very easy for us as entrepreneurs to get excited and to go chasing after the next shiny object or the next thing that gets us dopamine, right? Like we're, do- you know, I, I do believe that that entrepreneurs are dopamine seeking people. Like we're getting a reward system. So you asked me like, what brings me joy? Well, that dopamine hit I get from somebody, do, you know, having something positive, it's easy for me to go chasing that dopamine. So I know that about myself. I have the self-awareness of where my I can get off track and where I can get too excited and then neglect other things. And so in order to be able to do all the things that I need to do on my business, I actually have to block my time. So I have, um, you know, I have, uh, I use calendaring, you know, tools that allow me to say, here's the appointments that I take related to this subject or this topic. And here are the days that I make myself available to it. I don't make myself available 24, seven, seven days a week to everything they could possibly do. Because if I did that, I wouldn't schedule in any time that I need for other things, like being able to spend time with my, my family, friends, going on a run, you know, all the other things that we forget to do. And entrepreneurship can feel like it's overwhelming because we are trying to do all the things all the time. The struggle at the beginning of the of this talk. Um, and so to do that, it's an offer. It's out there. I have conditions on which it's available. You know, it's again, certain days of the week and for a certain period of time. And if somebody takes advantage of it, awesome. We're jumping on a Zoom call and we're talking to each other. If it doesn't work for them or they don't want to do it, well, then there it is. But it has to be, um, again, disciplined and, and worked into a way that it doesn't start to marginalize everything else I have to do. Like I can't take a, a bunch of calls or... Um, uh, you know, because I still have other things that I need to do and I don't want my backlog to start to build up behind me. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah no, it does. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And how do you find, so speaking to people now that are in that position where they are, you know, we, we've got a huge percentage of our audience that are in that, generally I'd say in that position of either 
transitioning their business online or they're in the relatively new stages of their business and getting clear on their offer, getting clear on exactly their route to, to, to market and also the route, their sales process and customer journey or client acquisition journey. Um, trying to juggle these things and, and naturally because we're, you know, we're talking about influence and Instagram is the main tool that we, that we use with our clients and recommend that they use. What do you think, I guess something potentially more practical, but what do you think are some of the major pitfalls that people fall into? You talked, you've alluded to this about trying to do too many things and such, but what are some of the most common mistakes that, that people tend to make when you're, that you see people make that, that even somebody listening right now might be able to either identify that they're doing that and maybe uh, look for a solution for it. Um, what are some of the, yeah, what would you say are some of the most common mistakes that people tend to make and how could they potentially avoid those? Well, the biggest one, I think all of us that work with people and teach people, um, especially if we're offering them as, a, as an online class or even selling books, right? Like, you know, everybody's known in the self-help book industry that a lot of people buy books and they never finish them, right? Same thing with the courses and the programs that are out there. A lot of people sign up for them and they never get all the way through to the end. And I've been in discussion groups with even some of the masterminds that I've participated in and you see that there's that percentage. Um, we can call that a mistake, but the reality is, is that... Um, we come in sometimes we have, we don't know where we really are in our life and what we're really trying to do. And what I mean is I've been in the seat where I'm grabbing at everything I can get because I'm in pain of some sort at that moment in my life. And, um, and when we go into entrepreneurship, um, we're either trying to solve a problem that we think the world needs solving, right? We have this great idea and we're going to bring this invention to market. Yep. But sometimes what we're trying to solve is a pain inside of our own life and our own system. And so we may be looking at entrepreneurship because we're unemployed. We've been laid off. We left our jobs and we're desperate and we need money now, right? Like, cause money pays bills and makes sure that we can keep the mortgage or rent done, food on the table, you know, all the things lights on and everything like that. And so we start to operate from this feeling of I'm desperate to be able to make a change and I need this change to happen fast. Yeah. Then we invest in something. And we don't finish it because we're only into it two weeks. We realize how much work we still have to do in order to receive, you know, to receive the benefit of that. It becomes overwhelming, not because we're not technically capable of doing it. We're not smart enough to be able to follow through on it and that we can't, you know, make it all happen. But because we see that the, you know, that the finish line is so far out there that it feels like we can't solve our pain today. And what we really want is we want to solve this situation that we're in today. Yeah. And so it's this mental game. Right. And so we, um, we get frustrated, you know, of course we get overwhelmed, you know, there's too many things on our list and our brain isn't designed to be overwhelmed. You know, it shuts down if it is. And so the mistake is, is not being able to be patient. Like I said that earlier, take deep breaths. I take a lot of deep breaths during my day because I feel the overwhelm too. Um, and to be able to give ourselves time and to slow down and when we see people touting huge results, big success, become like a millionaire with selling your online courses, and you're like, yeah, I want to be a millionaire, but I want to be a millionaire next month. I want to be a millionaire in like, you know, seven days. I want a launch that launches, you know, $60,000 US dollars and, you know, yeah. one thing. You have all of those messages that come out to you, and then when you don't get there sooner than later, or you see all the work that's involved, you just quit. And then you move on. And then guess what you do? You end up spending more money looking for the next thing and the next thing. And the, the, the challenge is, is pick one thing and follow it all the way through and slow down. Does that make sense? Totally. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I, I, um, I, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm whooping inside <laughs> because I think, yeah, exactly the same. And, um, I, I, I find that, I found that fast. I found that really valuable for a number of reasons. Firstly, the idea of, and I'd never really considered it in this in the second way. You talk about entrepreneurs, people go to entrepreneurship because they want to solve a problem for the world. Um, and um, I, I, I guess when I, I personally when I take a step back, that was never really why I got into it. it wasn't that I, I could, you know, I was guided by a mentor and I invested in coaching and such to to identify where the gaps in the market were and where people were look, would uh, where I could add value, but it wasn't really where I thought about entrepreneurship. Um, but it was, certainly was more personal for me about solving a problem that I didn't, you know, that that was more personal, which was I don't want to go back into a full time job and have you know, fixed um, uh, time scales and and work for a boss and all this kind of thing. So that was that that, that totally makes sense, um, but I hadn't really positioned it in that way, which I like. And a lot of the things that you described 
over the past 20 minutes or so since we've been speaking and from our first call is that it's and i think people that are listening i i would anticipate that there's a lot of things that they're quite familiar with or maybe they've heard or maybe they know themselves but it just comes across the way you talk about it is said in a different way and it's just like oh yeah i get it now um and that's where i think the real value for me anyway that's where i think the real value is when you almost say something or unlock something that somebody kind of already is aware of, but it just doesn't resonate on their wavelength. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. Yeah. Chat, which I really like. Um, it, it makes me tempted to go to a, a question which I would normally ask later, but I'm tempted to go there um, now. In fact, let's do it. And then we, we can, we'll jump around a little bit. Um, who in your, in your life, uh, either close or distant, um, whether you've, you know, they, they may be dead or alive, you know, you, you may have worked with them very closely, or you may have never met them, but you've seen them through training or courses or on stage or whatever that may be. Who do you feel has been the biggest impact on your growth and development and journey to where you are today? Um, in the scope of everything, gosh, there's so many, um, so many places, you know, I, I always think of a book that jumps out at me, which was written by an author named Patrick Hanlon like 20 years ago. And it was a book called Primal Branding. Okay. And the, the reason why that book jumped out was because it, he broke down the essence of why people follow companies and why they follow leaders. And it wasn't, um, you know, this is pre-social media influencer, you know, time. And he did it by really bringing it back into the structure of religions and why people follow religions for thousands yeah. of years. And, you know, and, uh, and it, it sunk with me because what I saw for the first time was this, um, the real integration between um, of our brand, our authenticity, our identity, and, um, and how to connect it with the people that will um, follow us and become our zealots and our fans yep. for life. And that allowed me to, to be my most authentic self, um, you know, to be able to say that this is what I stand for. You know, this is who I am and this is what I believe and this is what I stand for. And I use that to really, um, like with my manufacturing company, you know, I invented a product in my garage and I tried making it look like a corpo thing. And then it was like, no, you know what I am? I have a nose ring. I like tattoos. I like punk rock music. And, you know, this, I, I was able to build the brand actually around this identity of being counterculture and yeah. wabi-sabi and, you know, all the things that nobody saw on the market at that time, which is what lended to the success and the appeal and the real strong emotional appeal. Now, when you believe that you can do that in business, then it allows you to feel like there's some freedom in how you grow and develop as you continue. And for me, it was always about, we are still all humans. I may run a business, but I run a business with people. I sell to people and um, I work with people. And so I, I went from there, you know, and, and, and evolved more of my approach and my mindset as it relates to, you know, my relationship to with my company and what we can do for communities and what I can do for the people that work for me and what I can do for the physical environment, you know, and, and that kind of stuff. So I know that's kind of a weird thing because of course I've, I've taken and seen and done like Tony Robbins coaching. And I've also like, you know, read Mel Robbins five second rule, which I think is a fantastic book and always recommend to people. Yeah. Um, but the thing that really started me onto this, this movement um, and holistically, you know, was a business book, you know, about authenticity and about, you know, how we can identify and link up the best with our, with our customers and our fans and the, and the people that we want to do business with. I love it. Thank you. So Patrick, Patrick Hanlon, uh, Primal yep. Branding um, was the name of that book. You mentioned a couple of others as well, uh, but let's, let's, let's hold on with that for now. So I, I'll pop a link in the show notes for anybody that's listening um, to, to Primal Branding. It's not something I've heard of, uh, but I'm very keen to, to have a it's old. Back. It's an old book. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I used to I used to subscribe to the Harvard Business Review. I actually still do. I have a subscription to Harvard Business Review. And back in the you know, back in the day when I was building my first company, I you know there was you know coaching programs were not prevalent, online programs weren't prevalent, and so I signed up for HBR and they would come out with books to read and everything, and I just devoured everything. And then that book just popped out, and I was like, wow, I just found my I just I found it, you know. So yeah. it, it's an old book out there, but still totally relevant you know that's great that's yeah. great yeah thank you for that i will i'll pop that as i say in the show notes for everybody to to take a listen to uh oh sorry take a a, a a read of and take a look at um i'm definitely gonna have a look at that as well I, I, I love that and the 
the the power of being able to and i think this is again why it's so exciting that the times that we are in today you know many might argue that we've always had this but the time that we've that we are in today with social media where all of these platforms are still free to use you know yes there's paid advertising and such and algorithm this and that but they're still free to use and and we still have this opportunity to express ourselves very very freely hopefully generally for good uh, but express express ourselves freely be authentic and attract the right type of people who are our audience that are going to resonate with us as you say they become uh, raving fans you know that they are the people that actually are going to continue to engage with us on and on and on because they really buy into us and, and what we do and why we do it um more so than just appealing to the masses kind of thing um which makes total sense so tell uh, from from that book then moving on to 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 books that you've written um and we had a conversation about this the other day would you just share a little bit about uh, the books that, that you've written then i want to going to dive in in a bit more detail in just a moment yeah, well, thank you. Um, well, so I always like I grew up as a as a kid, always wanting to be a writer, and you know because of the way my life was and the and the guidance and the direction that I was pushed, you know, and I and I kind of went ways that people kind of nudged me to go. I had a lot of options. Let's just put it that way. Like my options have always been my problem. So like I was good in math and science, and I was good in arts, and I was good, you know so too many things. And I went into engineering, and but I always wanted to be a writer. I always imagined myself doing that. Well, in 2016, I'm actually actually running two successful wedding venue businesses. And I'm getting questions all the time from how to do it because they're, you know, one's a farm and one's on a rural property and people would show up and they're like, what did you do? How did you do this? I want to do this business myself. And so I decided that I would get into writing by self-publishing. And in order to do that, I would teach myself how to self-publish. And I picked the topic that I knew the easiest, which is I'm just going to write a guidebook on how to start a rural wedding venue property. And, um, and, and not with the intent of making it become this big thing that would uh, fuel more business. It was just to teach me the mechanics of doing that. Well, it turned out that it still sells about one to two copies a day for the last five years. And so it turned out to be a pretty decent little business book. Um, but the latest book that came out here in 2021 was after doing really, uh, you know, two and a half years of the self-work, the mental health work, the understanding that despite having business success, I also had a lot of, you know, notable failures that were worth taking a look at, um, in particular because of the financial problems and the relationship problems, and most importantly, my, my mothering, my parenting. Yeah. And, um, and I began to, again, I find, you know, where's my place in the world? How can I contribute most effectively to community? And it was, what if I could take all the lessons that I learned about not only how to be successful in business, but how to really mess it up along the way and put that into a book and to be able to speak (laughs) to people in their journey um, saying, here's really, this is why businesses succeed and why they don't. And here's what's really underneath and what's really going on. Like we talked about, like, you know, why do we sign up for courses and never follow through? It's not because we're not smart enough or whatever. And so the book, The Fearless Woman's Guide to Starting a Business, is the book you read before you get into business so that you understand where we all come from, how we all showed up, you know, arrive in this world at the adult level that we're at. And, uh, and to understand that if we don't have all the skills we need for entrepreneurship, that's also not really our fault. We can change that. And, you know, uh, I use the word trauma. There's not a really good word for it. I think you and I even talked about it. I wish there was a better word to describe it, but you know, we all grow up with some degrees of dysfunction in our lives, some of us more than others. And when we start to get, you know, neuroscience 101 and learn the basics about how the brain is built, it all makes sense why sometimes, you know, we have reactions and struggles and things like that. And, um, and to learn where that comes from and then how to apply that into, well, if we get a handle on that, we can actually be more successful in business once we understand that part of it. And I felt like that book was missing in business books. There's a lot of good technique and strategies. There's a lot of good cognitive techniques and strategies. But there's no book that tells you how to grab a shovel and dig a little deeper. If, if despite all of the books you've read, you're still not quite cracking the nut. Mm-hmm. And that's what this last book, you know, that I just published is, is really all about. Grab the shovel, get a little bit deeper, figure it all out. And then from there, you know where you're really starting from. Where can, where can people pick up or find out more about these? Because I'm sure that they will. Um, whether it's the wedding planner, I mean, that's, that is very niche, right? Uh, I love yeah, the fact very that you, niche. <laughs> yeah. But I love the fact, as you say, that, that you've got, you know, recurring sales, you might, you might sell one or two of those a day. Um, and it, 
in, in my mind again that's just very reassuring that that um how can i put it so, so as an example I, I use the example of tim ferris um are you familiar with tim ferris yeah. yep for our um, work week yep <laughs> yeah perfect so i use the example of tim ferris which is when he wrote the book for our work week um that was an initial and i say this to, to, to clients which is he wrote that initially for two people two friends who were both working in an office um they were in their 20s i think and they really disliked their job but they felt trapped because the income was was good um and then it went on to be in the top 10 bestsellers in amazon for 12 years running or something crazy like that and everybody knows it and everybody knows tim ferris um so niching down and being very very specific about who you want to attract and who you want to speak to is not a disadvantage you're not eliminating people if anything you've given yourself the opportunity to connect with with people more deeply um and so i i love the fact that it, it's another great example of um something which feels very very niche which is wedding venues um and how to run a business from that but that book itself as you say you know it's got recurring income uh coming from you uh for you every single day um the second book so, so where well let's give both because some, some people might want to go have a look at that as well uh, we'll put links in the show notes but where would be the best best place for people to go and, and take a look at those and uh if they, if they wanted to know more um, I always get everybody to my website, amikorakoni.com. You're going to see more about the journey, you know, the history, um, and also the services that I provide. And you'll get all the jumping off points to, you know, my social links and, and whatnot. Uh, I, you know, always say that's probably the easiest place to, to kind of go from there. I don't have the wedding venue business linked up in there. So if, if for, you're listening to this and you're like, hey, I've got a rural property and I've actually been thinking about this, well, weddingvenuebiz.com is that, is that website there. And like I said, you know, at the beginning, you know, we, we trying to find our way to be able to put focus and energy into, you know, buckets. And when you have different buckets, you can get into, you know, that's one of my buckets that I'm putting my energy into differently. Um, but you can, you can definitely go there. And then the books are all, you know, my books are available worldwide. You know, Amazon is a popular retailer to be able to buy the book. Um, you, there's a copy of it behind me on my shelf there. Um, but you can buy it from bookstore.org, which is for independent booksellers. So if you're in the U.S. listening to this, um, it gives you a chance to be able to buy the book online, but actually support a local bookshop. Nice. Um, so, yeah. And those links, again, are also at amikwarakoni.com. All right, perfect. Thank you. I, I've, I've, as you're as you're saying that, I'm typing away and popping those in the in the show notes, so they will be available in the show notes as well for anybody that's listening and wants to um, to go and take a look. Um, so moving forward now, you know, as, as uh, where we are at, the, at this moment, what 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 do you feel your next steps are personally to be moving the business forward, and what are you looking at in the next three, six, nine, twelve months? It's a great question. Well, like I said, I had to, uh, you know, go back to my struggle and my struggle was, is find something and really put my head down on it. And I, you know, what I'm doing, the book is, you know, my fearless woman's guide to business is out there. So I'm supporting the book with, you know, coaching and, and, uh, and speaking engagements and stuff like that, being able to train people more on that. Um, but I actually, you know, I came back to the wedding venue business and I have to say that, um, I rationalized leaving the business entirely because I was in a very tough relationship at that same time. And I, one of the things that's so important about our mental game and how it relates to our success in business was I had to come to terms with how can I still have love for an industry that I was really good at and successful at, that I really enjoyed helping people with and, and disconnect myself from some of the trauma that came with working in that industry. Yeah. And it's taken me, I did an interview a few, like a few weeks ago for a magazine feature that's coming out here in Washington state where I live. And I realized as I was talking about my experience, knowing that the readers were right here in my own community, I was still feeling a lot of anxiety talking about it. I had to get to the bottom of the fact that I was feeling the trauma from the abuse that I was dealing with at that time. And once I was able to make that connection, I realized that I was self-sabotaging by keeping myself away from business activities. It had nothing to do with my business acumen, nothing to do with my intelligence in the field, had nothing to do with my success, but I was responding to the other things that can get in our way, you know? And, um, and after doing that, I'm like, well, I'm doubling down now on all of that. So I'm really excited about, I've been learning about the online business world and how do I take a business that's about setting up a physical location, but turning it into a way of educating people around the world, you know, through online courses. And so that's where my energy, honestly, for the next you know, six, seven, nine months is really going to be is into developing that and building that because I've never done that before. But like I said, my book sells one to two copies a day. So the universe has been telling me, Ami, you're doing something. People want it. You loved yeah. it. Go for it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It's, uh, I, 
I mentioned this. So we, we this is episode 110 and uh, episode 100, um, we did a review or I did a review of uh, kind of the five major things that, that I'd learned or that cropped up from conversations over the, the initial 99 episodes. Um, and I'm smiling again because the majority of guests that have come on, uh, particularly those that are more established within their, their, their business, um, talk about not just with business but i guess i guess it, it's potentially wealth building or um uh, health and fitness relationships potentially pretty much everybody in some way or shape or form talks about the law of attraction um i find that fascinating i really do and and it's something which i've picked up it's one of the major things anybody that's not listened to that by the way that's episode 100 um but picking up on the fact that so many people talk about the law of attraction i mean we could open up a real uh there's potential to to, to to dive real deep into that but how how is we, we we really are jumping everywhere but i just find i, I said it'll be a conversation right <laughs> mm-hmm. um, i'm all so in how, i'm here for it <laughs> yeah no i love it um I, how 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 much do you put uh, should i find the best way to work how, how do you how do you integrate the law of attraction into your life and how much of a part does it play and how how did you even how was it even introduced to you yeah. Uh, so I definitely have that, that philosophy. I always tell everybody, like, I love science and data, but I also hold space for miracles. Like, you know, I, I'm, I'm the mindset of like, you know, because the science doesn't prove it doesn't exist, doesn't mean it doesn't exist. Right. So like, I love the evidence, but at the same time, I also know that as humans, we've, we've demonstrated very clearly the moment we think we know everything is about the time we learn that we don't know everything. Right. So why yeah. not hold that opening for that? Right. And, um, and so it's not really like a religious belief. It is this idea that this universe, like literally the universe is vast and we are learning things all the time about our inner world and how our brain works as well as what's going on in the cosmos. So let's just keep it there. Right. And, um, and so, uh, you know, I have a wall here in my house that is covered with four leaf clovers and even five leaf clovers. Like I am, I, I have a skill and a talent for finding these things that are, are, that are seemingly rare. Yeah. And, and I look at that, like, that's either two things. It either means I'm incredibly lucky or what I've learned is, is how to look for the patterns and how to recognize them and be open and receptive to a new idea yeah. that I may be on a path that I feel really strongly about. But I also at the same time have to be willing to say, like, listen, if the resistance is strong, then I need to just kind of back off a little bit and then just see what flows out of that. And, you know, is there some divine intervention in that sometimes? Possibly, you know, it could possibly be that. But I also think that it is it's a it's a matter of a mindset in a life like, um, uh, you know, we do create um, our experience. So, and self-sabotage is one way in which we do it. If we feel like we're unlucky, that isn't necessarily a divine curse. And that's what I believed at some point. I thought, am I just cursed? It was when I dismantled the understanding that, no, I was replaying my own trauma and dysfunction in my life at a subconscious level. Hmm. And once you learn how to not do that anymore, opportunities open up. Now, was that realization divine intervention? possibly. I'll leave that space for that miracle there. I've talked with Dr. Lindsay Gibson, who's the author of one of my favorite books, um, Adult Children of Emotionally Immature Parents. And she talks about in mythology, the goddess that, you know, before you enter into life, you sit on the lap of this goddess and she whispers your purpose into your ear. And then she pushes her finger on your lips to kind of close it and seal it in. That's why we have this dent right here. Um, But then as soon as she does that, you forget your purpose and you spend your life trying to figure out what that is. I think that's a brilliant and beautiful story, especially if you've been through a lot, right? You're like, yeah. I've spent my whole life, you know, going through all these ups and downs and suddenly my purpose came to me and it feels like, oh my gosh. So it's a huge part, you know, without getting all woo woo and stuff like that. Like, because I love to believe in this idea, like, um, that there is something magical because then it feels like we have the ability to create magic ourselves. And that's a pretty cool thought, right? Like that's an empowering thought, you know? So absolutely yeah it, it is thank you for that that insight i, I yeah I greatly appreciate that um it's it, it reminds me of it makes me think so um I, I think i mentioned to you when we spoke last week bob doyle uh from the secret uh was on one of the early guests on the shows and i think it was about episode cool. 20 um and he his thing was immediately the the quality of the questions you know the quality of the life is the quality of questions that you ask and um it 
you've just alluded to that again you know why am i so unlucky versus actually why why am i so fortunate that these opportunities are coming to me um and how can i find and identify and, and pick out those things um without going into it in uh, or going into it in the amount of detail that you're comfortable with and i'm, I'm conscious of time so i want to be respectful of time as well but um you've, you've alluded a couple of times to, to difficult periods that you've had or uh, trauma as you as you um as, as we describe it um and how you've worked through that or how you've overcome that or how um, there's been, I don't want to say before and after, because it, it, it hasn't necessarily come across as that, but it's clearly something that you've identified and there's been a, what feels like a bit of a healing process and then you've moved on since then. So without necessarily re revealing too much about that, what, what were some of the specific things that you did uh, or the most valuable things that you did to overcome that, that if somebody is, and I think we're all dealing with something in, in various different degrees, um, what were some of the, value, the the real thing or the things that you did that that were really valuable for you to then be able to move on and, and other people listening may be able to to, to learn from as well? Mm -hmm. One of the strongest skills um, that we can do for ourselves and, and gift ourselves is an ability to hold ourselves accountable, and that's a very different phrase from saying being you know taking responsibility or uh, or uh, being blamed for whatever happens, right? Like there's a nuanced difference. And for some people, it's hard to hold ourselves accountable for choices, decisions, behaviors without feeling a lot of shame around it. And, you know, I wish you could say that that'll never happen, but that also happens as well. Yeah. But um, some people think we're talking about like, blame yourself for everything. Well, I will never blame myself for being an abusive victim. That, you know, I, I did not ask for abuse. I did not uh, tell my abuser to do that. My abuser did that themselves. They're, they're responsible for abusing me. Where's my accountability? Well, my accountability was um, not recognizing that uh, I didn't look away from red flags. You know, I, my, and, and why, and then I got to the deeper question. Well, how can a smart person with a couple of college degrees not understand how to identify a red flag and run away from that? Well, let's go a little bit deeper in that. I wasn't giving a lot of good models when I was growing up. I learned how to overcome, you know, relationships or situations like that. Like it's one of my greatest strengths, but it also was the one that steered me into some of my biggest dangerous situations. And so when we can do that and say, listen, this really sucks. What can I change though? What can I change? What can I do differently for that? Where, what can I um, stop doing? Where can I become aware? And if I don't feel comfortable doing that today, I'm going to learn it anyways, because I know that I'm accountable to be able to reshape the future and the direction that I'm actually going. And if you can't get there, that's like step one, ground zero, you know, to that place there, then you never, um, you never grow from that point forward. You know, to me, rock bottom isn't where you, you know, some magical place where you just stop sliding. Rock bottom truly is the point at which you will accept nothing else ever again. Like, I just, I'm not going to do it. And the only way you can get to that place is to say, I'm going to hold myself accountable for every decision from this point forward, whether I like it or not, whether I'm flattered with the idea or not. And sometimes holding myself accountable means I feel terrible about things that I've done in the past, awful things. And we avoid that sometimes. And I understand that it hurts. Um, but if you can't do that yet, and if you can't get to there, therapy is usually how you can helpful, you know, get to that place there too. But yeah. I hope that makes sense. Like it's, on a checklist or anything like that it's just really it's a gut check with ourselves you know yeah no it, it does yeah it does absolutely and um this idea of ownership and responsibility um and accountability as you say you, there is there is a a clear difference um in there but I, I i do fully agree um and look i guess looking at yourself first what can i do what can i do what can i take ownership for of it, it reminds me of um uh, Stephen Covey, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. And that habit number one is, you know, um, is, is kind of taking ownership of your circle, what he calls the circle of influence, um, which I, again, you're nodding, so I know you're familiar with. Um, but yes, I, the book I, is actually over there on my shelf. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, yeah, so mine, mine I, I grab mine probably once a week and just kind of show mm -hmm. you. If I, we did a training on Thursday evening uh, and I was talking through a couple of sections from that book as well. It's just, just yeah, fantastic. Um, Thank you for that. That's I, I know that that will be really, really valuable for people listening. Uh, and as you say, there's, I think there's there is all, always moments, or if not one, then maybe multiple, um, where people get to that point where it's a case of, 
bang like they have to start taking action and as you say you know no longer accepting one thing but actually taking ownership and and moving forward from there um i want to be respectful of your time so i i i, I already want to do a part two uh we'll, we'll have a chat about that later uh but but just just a couple of other things we, we kind of go into what 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 i would call the quick fire round it doesn't um quick fire question doesn't have to be quick fire answers um at all uh one of them i asked, uh, alluded to before uh which was about the kind of the, the guide or, or mentor um the second one is aside from your own book again we will put links in the show notes to yours but is there one particular book or training or speech or video or something that that you regularly refer people to or recommend people go and look at where they can just for whatever reason that might be i'll keep it real open is this is there something that you might recommend people go to regularly or, or regularly refer people to yeah and i'm nodding my head and i mentioned her name just a few moments ago uh dr lindsey gibson um i read her book in january of 2018 and it changed my life and again it's called the adult children of emotionally immature parents um, she's written, I think she's up to half a dozen books. And in fact, her most recent book, Self-Care um, for Adult Children with Emotionally Immature Parents. I'm actually like, I did a review for it. So I'm like on page one of that book. So I'm very proud of that moment. Um, but what she talks about is a very common dynamic that many of us have grown up in. And, and what happens when our parents are unable to fully address and help us develop all the emotional skills that we really do need to have and how we can grow up with, again, low confidence or too independent or, you know, um, you know, not being able to regulate. So when I talk about your inner world, you know, and business, you know, she's one of those resources. And I've done several interviews with her on my show as well. Like I've got like at least a half a dozen interviews with her talking about it because it seems to be the thing that most people can relate to. And they go, oh, yeah, I had a parent like that or both of my parents were like that. And, um, and again, it's a non-shame thing. We're not sitting here. I don't, you know, my goal isn't to have everybody just get angry at their parents. You know, that's not the point. The point is, is that emotional development in neuroscience works in a certain way. And none of us have been taught how to do it. So we've all been really messing it up along the way. And as a result, it shows up in our lives. So that's like number one for a lot of people that feel, and like I said, it's the one I get a lot of emails. It's the most popular interviews that I do. And she is just a fantastic human being. Like I just adore her as a human. So that's, that would be big resource there. Perfect. Thank you. So that's the, the adult children of emotionally immature parents, uh, Lindsay Gibson. I'll put again, a link in the show notes to that. Um, I mean, thank you for that. The, uh, just a couple of others then, if I may. Um, the uh, We talked about kind of your, I said morning routine, not necessarily that, but we're, we're, we're having the call. We started the call at 3.30 UK time, which I believe is 7.30 a.m. your local time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, which I felt quite bad about because it's, I mean, 7.30 for me it looks quite <laughs> clearly it looks quite different for 7 30 with you um but you you said you've already been out you've had a productive day and such and I, I i'm always keen to tap into um either like really effective habits or powerful habits that you that you maybe have and use uh, or it might be an unusual habit that you have that other people think is a bit strange but really works for you um what they may be Yeah. Well, so I'm a big proponent of everybody finding out what your best mental rhythm is. And you'd be surprised. Sometimes that means we have to experiment a little bit, right? So uh, I discovered uh, that I actually, my brain is really creative first thing in the morning. Um, I'm able to, and it's like coming off of a good night's sleep. And so that's the other thing that I do is like, I don't skimp on my sleep. So I don't spend late nights, I don't go out, I don't drink, you know, I barely drink at all anymore. But if I do, I don't drink late because I know that I'll wake up sharp and fresh and ready to go. And so I wake up, I don't even need an alarm clock. I get up anywhere between 4.30 and five o'clock every morning and I do it seven days a week. I don't like cheat on the weekends or anything like that. It's just, that's my habit. And why? Because I can get up and in half the time it would, it had taken me under the traditional nine to five work schedule, I get more stuff done. And for what I do, the creativity is important. The solitude, the writing and all that stuff is important. So That might work for some people and it may just be, it may sound like torture for other people who happen to be night people, but we all have a mental rhythm in which 
um, we want to pay attention to how our, you know, our focus changes throughout the day. And so then the other habit that I have is um, when I do feel stuck, like I feel like it's almost like emotional congestion. Like we can all feel that we're like, there's just everything stuck together. I can't uncork a decent idea. I'm worn out. I need to do yeah. something. That's when I actually will grab earbuds and my phone and I will hit the trail and I'll either go for like a five, six mile walk or I'll go for a run. But music actually helps me relieve the pressure in my head. And it actually starts to get the brain chemicals going again. It's a dopamine and endorphin and all that stuff. And that's a great trick for getting your creativity flowing back again. And, you know, I'm not worrying about what my time is or any of that other stuff. Cause I'm not running for the, the physical part of it. I actually get the most benefit from the mental. And of course my physical body actually benefits from that as well. But when people like, you know, don't really, um, uh, make enough time for their own body because they think they need to be sitting at a desk as work. Well, I've redefined work as I'm also working on the trail, especially if I go for a long walk, because I'm into about 40 minutes and I can't stop my ideas from coming. I'm productive yeah. there, even if I'm not. And so then I'll yeah. grab my phone. I'll text myself ideas and concepts so they can come back to the desk. And so reframing my activity as also a way that I can be most effective at my job and what I'm really passionate about helps make sure that I work it in very routinely and on a regular basis. Uh, that, that, that is super like valuable. I love that. Um, the, the idea that, um, thank you again for sharing that. The idea that going for a run or uh, listening to music, uh, uh, two examples that, you, that you've given. You know, so people, again, people listening, it might be cut for them. It might be cooking for them. It might be, but something that gives them that almost you can do it without thinking so you can be you kind of percolating different ideas and such uh, at the same time um and almost building that into the day i, I one of my previous mentors had a uh, used to put think time on his calendar every day he'd literally have time dedicated for, for thinking um and i but i i love the idea of combining that with an activity as you say because then it just totally freeze up you do something that you enjoy plus you know that that time can be spent if applicable or if it's suitable without forcing it can be spent kind of picking picking up ideas and and um working things through in your mind as well which is great um amazing thank mm -hmm. you for that mm -hmm. um two 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 final questions um uh, the first is if you could get one message quote saying phrase out to to two people that you just feel they absolutely have to hear what would it be? Um, I, the one thing that I constantly like to, again, another thread and why I write and talk and coach the way that I do and, and teach some of the things the way they do is that um, the quality of our childhood experiences equals the quality of the adult skills that we gain. And those adult skills equal the quality of our business skills. It's simple math like that. You know, yeah. and so when we struggle in business, if we start to just work ourselves backwards gently, we can usually find a, a reason in there and a root cause that we can learn and become compassionate about. And then we can figure out what it is that we actually you know, need to tackle. Right now, there's a lot of phrases like imposter syndrome and things like that that are real things that affect people. And, um, and sometimes it feels like we still can't tackle what's really been going on in there. And like I said, I'm not all about trying to make everybody hate their childhoods or get mad at their parents or whatever it is. But the, but the truth is we've never really been taught brain architecture and neuroscience. We don't really know how our emotional health and our brain health is actually done. We learn about, you know, bacon is going to be bad for your heart and running is good for you and all those other things. But our, our emotional health is something that we're only beginning to, to learn about now. And so that's why I always say is like, if your entrepreneur skills are lacking, it's because your adult skills may be lacking and you should have been taught. We have the capacity to learn all these skills, but they should have been shown, taught and demonstrated to you in childhood. So if they're lacking, that's not your fault. Those are, you know, our experiences and our DNA are two things we have no choice over. We have no choice over them. Um, and so we can get, you know, from that point, you know, from point A to point B. Um, and then, you know, it's always easy to say that resilience is amazing and everybody needs to have it, but resilience is a privilege. Resilience is also a function of those experiences. And some people struggle more than others. And those of us that have really strong, you know, get up and go and overcome every hurdle tend to think, you know, don't believe everybody else can get there. And so what I always say is if you have power and you can see somebody else is powerless, be willing to lend them a little bit of yours. 
Um, we can all learn to be resilient, but unless again, you had really good supportive networks at some point in time in your life and you learned that you mattered, being naturally resilient isn't just a go-to. And, and I think that we end up shaming or not giving people enough chances because we view them as weak or incapable or not worth our time and energy. And if we realize again, quality of their resilience was based on the quality of their childhood, we might actually look at them a little bit more compassionately and see what we can do to be able to help other people. Cause we all have the capacity to grow with each other and to become better and to become stronger, but it's only by working together, not working against each other. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you. And the final question, uh, I mean, I ask this to everybody who comes on the show and I'd love to get your thoughts on this as well. Uh, the podcast title of the podcast is influence uh, what does the word influence mean to you? Um, well, influence does not mean manipulative. I will put that out there. Like I want to make sure that I, you know, influence is the ability to be able to, uh, to know you have a goal that you're trying to get to, to be able to see another person's perspective, to be able to walk in their shoes, understand how they're viewing that situation and to be able to speak to them in the way they need to be spoken to. And so that you both end up getting, you know, that result that you actually want. It's social intelligence. You know, it's not a browbeating. Um, it's not, uh, again, manipulating or tricking or coercing people. It is saying, we know that we need to, we agree that we need to get to this place. We need to be successful. We need to be happy, whatever it is. We need to buy a new car. I don't know what it is. But to be able to influence somebody is to have a willingness to show that you want to hear and see how they view the world and you and how they make their decisions and help them the way they need to be helped in order to get to that final decision, not force them into doing it your way. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, the phrase social intelligence is great. Um, and if I, if I may, uh, I, I would tie that again to, to what we talk about with our clients on Instagram, which is having that real intelligence and awareness of why people are going on, on social media in the first place. And they're not going on there to be sold to. They're not going in there to, to push your message necessarily down their throat in in your way. That doesn't mean it's, it's right or wrong, but just not pushing it. They, that's not why they're there. They're probably there for various different reasons. Again, I won't go into all those now, but they're having that social intelligence, as you describe, um, and from there looking towards the win-win solution where you can still move people towards the, the goal that you're looking to achieve, but it's highly beneficial for them as well. Um, mm -hmm. which I like yeah uh, perfect yeah I wouldn't I wouldn't anything more to that so I, uh, I love it yeah thank you so much thank you um, I mean I'm conscious of time uh, and I, I, I know that I've, I've taken lots of yours already your, your um, highly productive morning um, so uh, I will uh, you know just at this stage just um, say thank you once again for joining us it's very much appreciated uh, certainly don't take your time for granted is there anything uh, to two, two things firstly where is best for people to, to find you and connect with you yeah. So again, my website would be the best place. And if you're somebody who likes to use social media and you like LinkedIn, LinkedIn is great. That's where Jake and I met. So that's a great place where you can meet me there too. Um, and, uh, but if you just start at the website, there's a contact form. You can send me a message right there. I do get messages through Instagram as well. Like I, you know, I don't get as many messages related to my business or my books through Facebook as much as I actually do get them through Instagram. So if you want to hit me up there, you're welcome to, to find me there as well. Awesome. All right, good. Uh, we like to hear that, of course. <laughs> um, and um, secondly, is there just a, a, is, is there anything you'd like to say, anything that we haven't already covered uh, or any final thoughts that you'd like to share just before we wrap up today? Oh, gosh, we covered a lot today. So I don't know how we can summarize, uh, you know, a bulk of the, the information. You know, I guess my 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 care, my key takeaway for today's conversation is, and we, we've dabbled on this a lot, and I'm sure this is why when people, you know, sign up for podcasts and they want to listen and learn, is it, again, they're trying to solve a, you know, a problem or a pain. And so if you're, if you're sitting there in the struggle bus, you know, it's a, a U.S. phrase, right? <laughs> um, that you're not able to break through, uh, you know, sometimes it is, think for a moment today, do I really know what pain I'm really trying to solve in my life, right? Like we think about like, I'm trying to solve a business problem that I actually have, but I'm getting frustrated. I just want to challenge anybody listening to this to think, is there actually something a little deeper underneath that? Like, why do you need to solve your business problem today? What is it that it will fix for you or you're hoping it'll fix for you? Because sometimes if we can go one notch down there, 
we can kind of start to figure out other solutions. And I'm not saying that it isn't a business solution, but sometimes it allows us to, you know, be able to uh, reframe the challenges that we're experiencing right now and allow us to get more out of all these great tools and opportunities and coaching that we can get from somebody else. So. I love it. Uh, And I think that's a perfect place to leave it. So I'm going to literally say nothing else other than Ami, thank you once again for giving up your time. Uh, to join the um, join us on the podcast, I've got no doubt that you'll have a number of people connecting with you, uh, following the show, and and wanting to, to to reach out and have a conversation. Um, certainly, checking out your your books as well. Um, and uh, I'm again again hugely grateful for your time. So thank you so much uh, for everybody that's been listening to the show today. Uh, again, thank you for your time. Uh, I do hope that this has been valuable. I'm sure it will. Uh, and do connect with Amy at her website. We'll put all the links in the show notes as well. Until next time, thank you all so much for being with us and uh, we will see you in the very next episode. All the best. Take care. Ami, thank you. Bye-bye. Yep, thank you. Bye. Hi, friends. Jake here again. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. You can find links to anything that we've discussed, books, trainings, other podcasts, uh, anything currently that we're enjoying, you will find those in the show notes or you'll find it somewhere in and around all the information that you usually find in a podcast. And a reminder that if you'd like to know more about what I do, if you want more of tools, resources, any recommendations, readings, uh, free training, products and such, then you can find all of that on the website jakeadamdavy.com. Equally, if you want to come over and say hello, Instagram is always the best place and the account is at jakeadamdavy. If you're enjoying this podcast, don't hesitate to leave us a review. Of course, the more stars, the better. And equally, sharing is caring. So if you've heard something or listened to something that you've enjoyed yourself and you think will be beneficial or useful to other people, please do pass that on. It will be very much appreciated. And as you know, when you get a recommendation from somebody that you trust, there really is nothing better. Thank you so much. And until next time, stay on mission, do something extraordinary for others, keep inspiring and keep growing your circle of influence. Goodbye.